1: And now, time to start the
3: Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show.
2: Bruins fans welcome back for episode 104 of the black and gold hockey podcast in partnership with The Athletic Boston uh, if you want to get some really good um, information uh, coming out of Boston sports uh, including uh, the Boston Bruins hockey uh, check out Flutters and and Joe McDonald they do a fantastic job and also if you want to get a subscription please go to the athletic.com black and gold pod and register today uh, we got a jam-packed show we have uh, Court and Rob back for another week of uh, Bruins Hockey Talk. Uh, welcome. Uh, hopefully, you guys had a good week. Mind? St- yeah.
3: It's a. Uh, it's been a bit of a brutal week for hockey, but
2: other than that, it's been good. Yeah. It's- yeah. It's been good. <laughs> nice. Um, let's just get right into it. Um, Last week's games, uh, started. the week started off good with the uh, Bruins playing the Ottawa Senators on the road, which which topped off a four-game road trip uh, with a f- convincing 4-1 to win over the Senators in Ottawa. Uh, Tuka Rask uh, getting the win there. And jumping to Thursday at home, uh, a very good win for the Boston Bruins against the Philadelphia Flyers. Jaroslav Falak in goal and gets the shutout, his second of the season. And then last night, a just I, I don't know how to explain it, but the, the Montreal Canadiens came into Boston and with, with a the purpose, and they were the better team last last night. Um, so and they walk away with a three to nothing uh, victory. So uh, you know the better team won in that game. It just seemed like the wheels were falling apart early in the game. Uh, Tuukka Rask uh, did not look good at all again. Um, Given up a very soft goal and seems like everything, the walls cave in on this club when when he does that and it's kind of a concern for me get, moving forward. So, but we will talk about that later on. But overall, the week uh, with the two three games, what did you guys think?
3: Uh, they they played good. I think um, got a little bit of that secondary score in a couple of the games. They just they seem to just struggle it's that same thing again like they struggle off the bat like straight away and then it kind of they get back on track but if they're letting goals early it just seems like the games go downhill especially with that Montreal game I think it was two goals in about a minute uh, early on so that's not very good but they just they've got to start finding scoring from more than the first line definitely and um, the the defense, like they're just missing guys like Tory Krug, really badly.
0: Yeah, I gotta agree with Rob there. Uh, Krug not being in there, um, finally, is gonna put the people wanting to trade him to uh, to rest. Considering the second second line can't score without him out there. Um, I know we'll discuss it later, but the whole like gotta find a guy to play with Krejci. But I'm, I'm at the point where Krejci's playing all right. It's just. There's no one to give that first pass. It doesn't matter who they got on his wing. It doesn't make a difference. There's no one to get the puck out of the zone. Carlo's playing like a man possessed, but he's not an offensive-minded defenseman. Um, Tuka let in that soft goal right at, the, right at the beginning. The fact that the guys cave in, as everybody's saying, is showing that this team is not going to win a Stanley Cup regardless who's in net. If they can't overcome a goal going in and that deflates them as a team, then they shouldn't be on the ice. They're professional athletes. It's an absolute joke. Agreed. They didn't play well, and to say that, that that like everybody keeps throwing that out there, it is what it is. The second goal, it went in, but the fact that Montreal had three swipes at that puck, no one—they just sat there and watched. Tuca had to make fake saves because there was the Montreal was missing the puck. The puck eventually goes in. That's on everybody on the ice. The first goal is terrible. Even Cassidy said after the game. Soft goal. But if that's deflating your team, as everybody's saying out there, then this team is not going to win a Stanley Cup, even if they had carry Price in that.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What, what a game by carry Price as well.
0: You think, though, if you I, look at, yeah. the, if you look at the, the stats, do you know that their scoring chances weren't that good? We shot it at them. Like, we didn't try and shoot past them. Low percentage shots the whole game.
3: Yeah, but he did make a couple of, like, really big saves in that game and looked a lot more like he used to look, I think. Especially I thought he looked better in the game before. I don't know. The the one on the Nordstrom save, I think it was at the end of the second period. Maybe. He shot it in um, his love. I know, he but... Shot
0: he did the whole windmill thing to make himself as... You're both
3: goalies, as you do to make it look like it was a nice save when it was really like, hey, look at this! Woo-hoo. Put it a, my head. There is also sometimes you have to do that to stop the puck bouncing back out of your glove. Like it's I, not all like you don't windmill all the time just because it looks fancy. There are a few times where you have to do it or else the puck's bobbling out and going somewhere. I
0: think we're giving Kerry Price way too much credit when Bergeron's exact words after the game: "We lost the game. Montreal. Kerry yeah. Price did not beat them." the Boston oh, no. beat themselves
3: but they needed they needed like you said more high percentage scoring opportunities and i think the only guy that had any real high percentage scoring opportunities was Donato yeah. and he looked amazing in that game like he looked like the best player on the ice
0: for sure
3: so it that's what they need more of but not just one guy every game going out there and lighting it up or one line every game it needs to be all throughout the lineup. Yeah, they were pointless. Like yeah. they uh
0: there was no there's no jump and a guy that I'm going to call out is Brad Marchand. I expect more from him. He needs to do more and out of the top line, he's the one slacking in my opinion. Yeah. He's still trying to do that fancy spin move thing. He's I don't know, something's off.
3: His game he is just,
0: not there. Maybe maybe he has to do stupid things.
3: I I honestly think he's like Trying to change his game for, like, for the better. Well, he thinks he's doing it for the better, but it's not helping the club because he plays best when he's on the edge. Yeah, because
0: he's but, ter- He's not looking like himself out there.
3: Yeah, like how how many assists does he have this season? Like unselfish assists as well, like where he can shoot the puck but he passes it.
0: But that's, that's fine. Not
3: like Marsham.
0: Okay, but if you look at the Bruin stats,
3: uh, you got
0: Jaroslav Halak was playing fantastic. But I would like to see him keep that up. I, I hope Cassidy just rides him until further notice. But they're 18th in goals per game. 18th yeah. in the league. You're not going to win hockey games. Like everybody last night, they were all over Tuca. Yeah, you know what? 100%. He let in a soft goal. But I don't care. And as you know I always say it. If you're not getting a goal in the game, that's on you. Definitely. It's on you. Like, if they if lost can- 2-1, then it's Tuca's fault they lost the game. They lost 3 nothing with an empty net goal. It's not his fault they lost the game.
3: Yeah, you can't expect teams to win with a zero on the board like it's never going to happen and and I think
0: you guys got to hear the Canadian announcers they were mentioning how Boston Bruins penalty kill which is 14th in league is terrible yeah for the Boston Bruins that's terrible
3: yeah and when they're depending on Chara and more Carlo this season I think Carlo's been the better penalty killer yeah like you, you're expecting him to do all this penalty killing, but he's also your best five-on-five defenseman out there. And if the guy is giving his all in the penalty kill, you can't have him back on the ice twenty seconds later. Like the guy needs a minute or two rest, and he's not getting that. And you, you can see the times that he's not getting the rest, and he's struggling. So it's one of them things they need. They either need Tori crew back soon but not I too soon back. that he hurts I think himself. he's
0: back next game. So, yeah, but... Carlo's ice time, he was... Carlo's ice time was only 19 minutes, but he also got two minutes in penalty, so add those two minutes on. Um, Krejci and Marchand and Pasternak got the most ice time last night. That just seems backwards to me.
2: Yeah, it does. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a very weird stat right there. Past, Pasternak
0: had the most ice time last night with 23 minutes. You know what that tells me? He wasn't getting off the ice, and they were taking too long of shifts. If Pasternak, and also, I, 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 I know everybody loves this goal Hunter controversy. There's no controversy. Halak's playing better. The number one yeah. line has stunk out the joint for the last two days, and I thought it was hilarious. I made a comment on social media, and it's Cricket's. But if I would have said, like, Tukaraz sucks, I would have got, like, 100 likes.
2: <laughs> yeah, no shit.
0: <laughs> but no one wants to talk about the fact that our number one line that, you know, is one of the best lines in hockey, but that Colorado line's playing pretty darn good, too, right now. has been invisible for two games. They were yeah. a minus two last night. Yeah, yeah. Def- and and
3: minus two. At, and at it's this point against. last season, they hadn't even been scored against. Correct. So, and I, I'm guessing they've had about probably have around eight goals against already, at least five on five. So,
0: Tuca had two goals against last night. Yeah, sort of the number one line.
3: Yeah. yeah. They need to... That's the thing when, like, it seems like everyone's talking about the whole fact that you put Pasta on the second line, spread out the scoring. But it's. Not... I don't think it's just spread out the scoring. I think it's, like, you're just changing up the whole dynamic. Like, the Habs just went out and said... Right, what do we need to do to win? Right, we stopped the first line. That, that's all they did.
2: Yeah, and That's then, the, then,
3: the way they won the game, easily.
2: And they exposed the other three lines that really weren't producing much of anything, especially in that game last night against the Habs. I
0: yeah. would be surprised if they give Donato another look after after his performance.
3: Yeah. They, but they've
0: they've they're, got miss, they're, they're missing their defensemen, but I don't want to give the excuses. When your number one line... Is supposed to be setting the example, and it's terrible. And it's also like, at least we got to see. I love. I, I thought Lozon played a very good game his first game, but I didn't think he was that good last game. So, and it was against a better hockey club. It shows you that, you know, maybe he does need more seasoning. But uh, a defenseman that scares me out there is that Camphor. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. He reminds
3: me of Cross. Yeah. He just looks lost. Yeah, and he takes like he gets the puck and kind of like gets lost with it if that makes sense like he it looks lost when he has the puck he doesn't know like there's a couple of times that i've seen him like look up and he thinks should i put it back around the boards behind my own net should i play it out front and he kind of just like stops for a second looks up and then makes the decision and if you've got a guy like that on your lineup you you've got to bench him like and i know i've been not gonna help
0: I've been saying nice things about Grizz, but he was, oof, he was bad. Yeah. He was bad last night, and minus two shows how bad he was. And then once again, Carlo was the best defenseman on the ice.
2: Yeah, hopefully uh, things get better with the upcoming schedule too, and it's not going to get easy. Um, you have the Carolina Hurricanes who are uh, playing well. They are currently uh, second place in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, and they are three, one, and one at home. So they're definitely gonna have be something to play for. And Nashville uh, coming up on uh, Saturday night, November third. Uh, they and, seem to play well against Nashville. Yeah, don't know why. Yeah, and but Nashville is uh, technically leading the league uh, with fourteen. I'm sorry, sixteen points, uh, and they have an eight and three record, and they're three and three at home. And the five zero 5 0 on the road. so Their real big test is going to be, like everybody was saying last night, because Austin Matthews, as
0: of right now, looks to be injured. They're playing the Leafs in two weeks from now. It's going to be
2: huge. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a big, big game. But They should have uh, beat Montreal, though. They should have beat Montreal. Oh, I agree. I agree. Better hockey yeah. club. They played terrible. And if uh, anybody wants to go to these uh, two away games, check out Seat Giant uh, at SeatGiant.com. Uh, really good tickets available cheap seats and uh positive reviews so check out their feedback before purchasing. um definitely check them out and help out uh show um yeah so i i mean two two big tests coming up this week uh, that in, in, on the road uh the, the the Bruins are sitting in the wild card position which means nothing to me at this point but um they're, it's they're October. yeah they're two two and two on the road so Hopefully they can they could get that road record a little better. Uh, they have been playing well at home except for last night's stinker, um, but you know remains to be seen. I just hope that the, you know the, the, everything just comes together. We the team seems like it's been on a roller coaster of chemistry that you seem to get it at one game or the other. And regardless who plays in that, I don't I, I don't care. It's just you know they have to be consistent. Regardless. I'd rather Halak and Net right now. Yeah, we're gonna but, talk yeah. we'll definitely talk about that later.
0: Um, but like I said before, I'd rather just trade Tuka so we don't have to hear it because it's I'm, not
2: making it's not making games enjoyable. I'm starting to get on that bandwagon myself. I'm just you know I, I'm like I had a ter- a
0: person actually who doesn't follow me on Twitter, who didn't follow the person I was talking to, and I was actually saying Halak should start was commenting on the whole anytime my conversations follow me like a little like a little kid
2: troll he's not
0: a little kid he's a troll just to say tuka sucks i'm like that's good i don't care i yeah it's get to the point of like wow yeah
3: like
0: thank god the red sox are playing so half these guys aren't even on the internet
3: (laughs) but the thing is i don't understand if those people did that but then said oh, has been playing well when he has been playing well.
0: Well, they'll never do that.
3: But you you never get that. Like, I don't mind if it's two sides of a story, but it's not. It's a one-sided conversation that I'm sick of hearing. But even it, like, I think even if you trade the guy, that doesn't stop. They'll find someone else to – like, who will take all the abuse. Crazy. Well, yeah. It, but if you just start trading players off because – Of, like, people going, oh, that guy stinks and that guy stinks. You'd you'd be lost. Like, you'd have lost half of your team.
0: What people need to understand there is no way in the world that you're trading a $7 million goalie who is struggling with a no trade clause. What team is lining up to take him?
3: And the only thing you're going to get is something really bad. Tuca's going to go somewhere else and play out of his mind.
0: He's going to pull a Roberto Luongo. Because and
3: then, and then I think, you've just got nothing.
0: I think it's time for him to go, and not because he because of his skill set, because of the fan base. It but comes is a it... time. It comes a time when you can't. I honestly think he's not playing as well because the fan. It's getting to him. If if he, regardless whether he ignores it or not, it's it's there. You have a guy like you know. I respect him as a a writer, but a guy like Joe Haggerty who's in the room a lot. There's no way Tuka doesn't know that this guy goes out of his way to make his life miserable.
3: Oh, I'd, I'd give certain people a slap if I was in that dressing room.
0: Well, Tuka's a professional and the other person... Yeah, a but it's,
3: it's the way that the... A lot of writers seem to be two-faced when they go into that locker room and talk to the guys that they've just demolished for the last season.
0: It's their and job be nice to them.
3: well, yeah, but.
0: it's their job to do what they do, but sometimes some people do it. It's not what they're doing, it's a job they're doing it almost as a uh, uh a personal thing they need to do, I guess, to say yeah. the least, but like I said, he's not playing well, he deserves criticism, but at the same time, I think it's time for him to go solely based on the fan base. there's nothing he could do. he could win a Stanley Cup and they're still gonna dump on him,
3: yeah. People oh, change
0: their Twitter handle to trade Tuka. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, people. You understand how hard it is to trade this guy.
3: But at the same time, it's the same people who complain about the fact that um, Tyler Sagan went for apparently nothing. Um, like, well, all this talk. Well, not nothing, but still, it wasn't good. Uh, but then, like, they talk about that. But then you're going to give up Tuca for the same amount because, like Sagan, there seems to be a problem. And if, like, the league goes around and says, oh, well, is he going to come to us and be like that? We don't know. So you get paid less. And then when he turns it around, the same people will be going, oh, well, Tuca went for absolutely nothing. Look at the GM doing the same, blah, blah, blah. Just... It, oh, uh, yeah, I'm sick of it now. It, it's... Yeah, like I said, it'd just be easier to get rid of the story. And yeah, honestly, it just I, never ends. It doesn't. Yeah, and it won't.
0: And and Joe and uh, Joe uh, Joe Mac from uh, Joe McDonald from the uh, the Athletic, he brought up. Um, he he's like, I'm not trying to make excuses, but many goalies are saying this. Jake Allen in St. Louis, the changing of the goalie equipment is making them having to learn their position. I, I know some goalies are making the stops, but. Even Carey Price, who posted a shutout last night, complained about it after the game and has complained about it on a regular basis, saying it's harder for him to know his angles than that this year because his equipment is different. And yeah. I'm not giving Juko excuse because he played well last year, but he has not played. He's had one, like I said, two good periods so far this year.
3: Well, I've done it before where I've worn, like, a smaller chess piece than I've had on before, and it totally throws off your game. Because you think you've, like... You think your arms are against your chest, but they're not. And then the same thing with pads. If the pads have got thinner and you think you, you're hugging the pulse properly and you're not, well, like you get a goal like last night. Well, yeah. that goal was bad, though. It
2: like, was bad. It was he's he's bad. given up a couple of those bad ones, too, and, and there's no excuse for yeah. that.
3: And it, the thing is, he's changed how it, like, this is a bit of goalie talk, so probably no doesn't. to be honest, this.
2: He doesn't
0: owe
3: us an
2: excuse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
3: but he used he used to do the um, like the reverse VH, like on the post. So you basically you put your you put your pad that's against the post inside the net, so you like straight up against the post, and that blocks off the angles. He doesn't do that anymore. He seems to put his pad up against the post. Yeah, v- vertical,
2: vertical along the yeah. post. Yeah, and it's just not working out. It's just like leaving way too much daylight that these. The superior shooters are, are are looking at and and you know brendan gallagher unbelievable not a superior shooter, yeah you know but he found a hole and he 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 broke away from the defenseman on a really nice stick play and then just fired a shot on net, which was like you know a little goal line extended, but still that's a goal that should be stopped and yep. When when I believe time? when the team sees that it's that's when they go oh man not again and now we're gonna have to come from behind and it's like swimming up water, you know it's just is it though it's one nothing that this is what I'm trying to get
0: at it's one everybody keeps saying that less, and I get your point Mark but at the same time you guys are a goalie you give up one soft one usually you say to your teammates hey I'm gonna help you out yeah. well, what did they do they didn't they didn't change their attitude they had that disgusting play that caused that second goal. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is not on... Like I said, I don't care what anybody... It wasn't on Tuca. That was on the guys on the ice. That was embarrassing.
3: I can understand it affecting the players if Tuca showed that he was, like, frustrated. But he didn't. It shouldn't have affected them the same way it didn't really affect Tuca. Like, when you're a goalie, it, there's sometimes you give up a goal and you think, that that's my fault. Like, you're really annoyed and people can see it. But... A lot a lot of goalies nowadays, where especially the more professional ones, they don't show the emotion on the ice. Like, you used to get it where guys like Ward smash his stick over the pipes or something. You knew you got to him. And if you knew you'd got to him, that's it, game over. Whereas now, it, it, it's not like that. And I don't think you can say, like, oh, if he gives up one, then the whole team, that's it for the game. Like, it might be it for the next minute or so where you panic in, is the next shot going to go in? But there's no way it affects you for the rest of the game.
2: Yeah, um, they need to
0: be more professional than that. Yeah. And
3: Absolutely. It, it, it's just one of them things, like sometimes it's gonna happen. Like how many times have we seen it in the past few years where someone's flipped the puck up and it's like just gone through the goalie's legs or anything? <laughs> like Steve Mason last season wasn't the one where someone just shot it at him from the halfway line and it just went straight through his five hole. Like stuff like that and you you see the players for the next couple of minutes they start like trying to block shots when they shouldn't be and trying to get into different lanes and or people Carlo are doubling got, up on one guy
0: Carlo got beat and he recovered and came back to change that problem I'm real yeah. sorry but like we're dissecting this one thing and it's like these players hang their goalie out to dry. Does the goalie have to then start giving up and go, oh, well, these guys aren't trying, so I'm not going to try? So, why would the players have that stupid attitude? I just, it, it I had someone go, you played, you, you, you so called said you played hockey and it should be demoralizing. It's, it is for like a couple minutes. I grew up playing hockey where for some reason our goaltending where I grew up in Pickering was terrible. We still won games. Right. So I, I'm so confused. I didn't go and I didn't a goal get scored, and I went, "Oh, I'm gonna have a crocky side baby fit on the on the bench." Oh, I don't know how to play hockey anymore. Like that's not what happens. I get out there and go, "I gotta go get one back because he's yeah, it, my teammate, my That's what I'm saying. I go yeah. up and like, "I'm gonna get that one back for you. It's your bad, but I'm gonna get that back for you." Instead, they yeah. didn't. They sat back and watched again.
3: A lot so, like, of the if, times, it used to be that players played a lot more aggressive after the goalie gave up a. Like, bit of a stinker.
0: And in, and until they start playing that way, you're not winning a Stanley Cup here in Boston, regardless of who your goaltender is.
2: Yeah, you got to have better support up front. So take that take
0: out of your... Take that take out of anywhere, because you, there's no way. If the team in front of them can't do any better, then why should they win the Stanley Cup?
3: I'm sorry. And for all those people that always talk about a certain Tim Thomas <laughs> and the year 2011, oh, you'll true. also notice that the, the whole team played the way that he played like a lot of people are saying oh that aggressive style where he like came out and everyone did that like every single player on that Bruins team was throwing themselves in front of shots doing whatever they can and this team is not doing that and until everyone does it not just to caress the team's not going anywhere
2: yeah uh, Let's right <laughs> let's move on from this <laughs> subject this is you know, it, yeah, it, frustrating. It does. No. It, it is frustrating. And it sucks, but because it seems frustrating. Yeah, that's that's plain and simple. There's no better words than that. And 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 if when everybody supports, we'll probably see even even our you know even two getting better. Um, but you know, who knows? He should be the backup. Yeah,
0: Halak, Halak. just won the starting job, regardless, and just go from there. Didn't yeah, wasn't I'm, it? What year was it, the year that Tukaras took away the starting job from Thomas and then Thomas got it back for
2: the playoffs? So, 2013? So
3: 2012?
2: Yeah, I think it was
3: 2012.
2: Yeah. Um, let's, let's get to the uh, A- A- Athletic Article of the Week. Uh, this one comes, again, from Joey Mack. Um, and it's concerning the, the auditions underway uh, on Krejci's right wing. Um, and Another fantastic article from the from the Athletic. Go there and um, and subscribe at theathletic.com and, and and type in Black and Gold Hockey Pod. Um, what I found most ex- interesting about this this article is is what's going on with Krejci and and who's playing with him um, so far this season. I did a little bit of research. Uh, Krejci, ob- obviously the center and the second line, has seen. Um, Heinen on the left, has seen DeBrusque on the left, and seen uh, Nordstrom on the left, and DeBrusque has obviously been, lately, been shifted over on his on his offside, on the right wing. Um, what combination have you guys been comfortable with so far? I mean, for, for me, number one, I, I think the Nordstrom on his left side and DeBrusque on the right has been more beneficial than... Uh, any other pairing? I mean, Heinen on the left side has been showing a lot lot more um, intensity, uh, uh, you know, being up in the top six. Uh, what's your thoughts?
3: Uh, to be honest, there was one guy that I wanted to see go up there just because everyone says, oh, the big body, blah, 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 blah. the whole excuse thing. Um, like, I, I want to see them put Achari on his right. Why not? They they keep saying they want someone heavy and this big guy to go around throwing checks in the corners. Just throw a Chari there then. Why not? Shoots right. I I try it out just for once. But like you said, I think the one that's worked so far is Nordstrom on the left uh, and the Brisk on the right. That's the only one that's looked like they're uh, they're a threat really. And Nordstrom's been surprising when he's been playing with him, so I like that.
0: Well remember, i think it's I think it should go to whoever the fan base thinks is garbage is actually good.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the reverse sorry, fan base,
0: sorry. That's just the way it works, because Nordstrom everybody lost their mind, right? Well, yeah. Oh yeah, when when they
2: signed him, yeah.
0: I would love to see Bjork get a shot and see what it's like.
2: Yeah, I, if, yeah. yeah. You're definitely going to see a lot of different players until this until Krejci gets some chemistry with some somebody. But you know, it is what it is. I mean, th- this is how this is how secondary scoring is going to happen. Is when you find somebody comfortable. And and I know that this is going to be an ugly narrative. But you know, it it, it just doesn't seem like Krejci's seen a playing partner up to what he's had in the past. And and obviously that's that's kind of strange for me. To think about because he isn't getting he is like the second or third oldest on this team right now so it's not going to get any better with in my opinion with any of these guys unless he steps up his game and he has been playing well lately and that might be intuitive to um, you know these different pairings that are going on but uh, I don't know I mean when you look at this article that Joey Mack wrote he got uh, you know, talk to Louis Erickson. I know this is going back, but, you know, um, he says um, that Krejci's a smart player. He can see the whole ice really well. He makes those plays that most guys can't do, and you have to be ready for it. He's smart. He's a smart sentiment that can make plays. He plays in the system for a long time and has almost like Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron a special guy, but Krejci has learned so much from him so i just want to see consistency you know what i mean when you break it down we need that extra scoring and and like like last night's game that, that was definitely needed so i'm not saying that we should move the past and line just yet move him down to the right wing like so many people suggest but to find somebody like that and play with him and i'm on i i wouldn't mind seeing achari getting a shot there It couldn't hurt it's early
3: yeah but the thing is he's just like a bulldog like you just let him loose take him off the lead let him go attack some people like I the thing is it's never Krejci that says that he needs a big guy on the wing like I've never heard anyone actually interview him and him say ah well I haven't got the right teammates I need a big guy on the wing like has anyone else seen that
2: no because he's more Hmm. professional than that
3: yeah, but I don't think even behind the doors that he's been like, oh, no, I need, I need this big power forward to work. Like, I I don't get where that whole came from. I think it's just the whole Milan well, Lucic. Yeah, thing.
2: it's the past. It's it, people are living in the past. They see how he played with Lucic and how he played with with Horton, and that's how they base their narrative on. It, it just it...
3: to be fair, I I would put um, the burst down on the third line. Um, that adds some scoring on your depth. If he gets to play against third-line guys or fourth-line guys, he might produce a few more goals. Uh, And then I'd put Bjork and Donato on his wings and have Krejci in the middle. And then you've got a, a guy who can slow the game down, but also two massive, speedy guys that can receive an outlet pass and do stuff. I'd try that out. It's the thinking about moving the lineup. about why not. Just go with something like that. Like, I don't get why DeBrusque has to be on his line.
0: Because he's good.
3: <laughs> well, why not put Plasenak on Krejci's line and Debrusk up on the first line?
0: No, there you go. I just couldn't take DeBrusque. I, I wouldn't want him. I'd want him to get more minutes. I think he's he's earned it. Yeah. I think, but I, I like I said, why hasn't Bjork got a shot? He's played fantastic. But maybe, you know what, Cassidy knows something we don't know.
3: Yeah. But, like, you could put Pastor, uh, Krejci and Nordstrom together, and they're all playing in the right positions, and then you put, um, the Brusk up on the first line.
2: Right. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I mean, I'll, I'll send a mental message to uh, Cassidy. Right <laughs> nice. If you enjoyed this week's Athletic.com article of the week on our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, head over to theathletic.com slash black and gold pod and sign up today. You could save up to 40% off a yearly subscription and get unparalleled Boston Brewers coverage from local writers such as Joe McDonald and Fluto Shinzawa. You also get access to many other popular professional sports by signing up at the athletic.com/slash black and gold pod. What is the athletic, you ask? The Athletic.com website is a subscription-based publisher of Smarter Sports coverage for diehard fans. The model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos that can be very annoying. Instead, readers subscribe for authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their team inside and out. Please go to theathletic.com gold blackandgoldpod today and be a part of the future of sports journalism. All right, moving on to the next subject, and and after that uh, discussion about Krejci and 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 line mates, well, future line mates, um, we going to move on to a next topic, and and that's obviously the uh, Eurovacanine and concussion uh, playing in his second game, gets elbowed by, I believe his name is Mark Boreki. I probably hacked that really bad, but um, I, I, we just call him douchebag. Yeah, that's I think yeah. he's called Borowicki. Borowicki, um. A uh, Very, very uncalled for play. Um, you know, you, you play the puck to the whistle. Your was coming in to possibly get some scraps in the crease, and uh, Bariaki, um just elbows him right in the right in the head, and it was totally uncalled for. Uh, I believe the suspension was, um, and it was probably because of his his previous um, history didn't get more games. I thought he, uh, two to three would have been more efficient, but um, he gets one game. So, uh, and obviously, this is never good to anybody. I hate when people get concussions, especially the teammates uh, of the Boston Bruins, which we cover. Um, but this, I, I what I'm more afraid of, first and foremost, get well back. Absolutely. That is the first thing is, is, is your health. But the second thing that worries me though is when a player comes into the league so early like this, remember what happened to Bjork last year? You know, he got he got hit, he got his bell rung probably twice, if not it was a high shoulder injury and a concussion. Is what is you're gonna expect from him after something like this happens? Is this something that's gonna, you know, uh, go against his confidence in the future and you know
3: Uh, I, d- I don't think it's gonna ruin his confidence. I think he'll probably play the same. It's just like he just came up against one of those guys that's gonna do something like that, and maybe he doesn't crash the net as much anymore. When there's scrappy things to be done, maybe he just does the old Patrice Bergeron and stand around the outside and wait for the puck to come out. But it—it it was one of those things, like. When I watched it back, I don't think he had the intent to like fully wipe him out. Like The way that he described it of saying he was making sure that the players around the net and the goalie was safe went to put his arm up to kind of protect it. And yes, he forced himself a bit. But I don't think he intentionally put him down to the floor head headfirst. Because like, he did like hit his head a bit when he went down. But it's one of those things. You don't like to see it happen. It, it's going to happen every now and again.
0: Yeah. I, I, I agree. I don't know what else to say.
2: I, I agree with Rob. I, I guess I should disagree, right? <laughs> well, how about the uh, Jeremy Lawson call-up? I thought that he played well in his first game. I know we probably touched on it a little earlier, but uh, he seemed like he was pretty comfortable Read the ice really well, strong in his defensive zone. Obviously not the case in the, in the second game of his career against Montreal, but um, positive signs for, for his, um, his development moving forward. He gets a taste in the NHL. And surprisingly, I thought, I, you know, as a person that watches the Providence Bruins on the regular, um, he has been the better player over, um, you know, same year draft a different round, obviously. Uh, Jakob Zboru, who was taken first in 2015. So, um, you know, that, that could mean something. And it also means something to Zboru, too, that Lauzon gets this call. So, obviously, you know, uh, he he's going to want to try harder to probably get a game in or two this this season. So, I don't know. I, I like Jeremy. I thought he played very well um, in his time in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League with the Rwanda Norendra Huskies. So, um, you know... I expect a good future, and this is just indicative of of so many people that you know say that these draft kids are busts. I, I just think that the league's changing for the better and they're properly developing, and they're not teams aren't rushing to get a lot of these players involved in the National Hockey League. You know, as they leave the podium, it's more of we need to develop properly and and create longevity for these kids. Uh, and not a fast turnaround like the Bruins have done in the past. So, uh, positive things looking forward.
3: Yeah, I think, like, obviously he needs a bit more time. Um, the main thing with on coming in to the Bruins was he was a really good leader where he was, um, really good in the locker room, really good out on the ice. Um, just He just needs to learn to calm down I think I, that's going to happen though in your first couple of games in the NHL I think you're going to be a bit excited and a bit lost but like he he looked alright there's nothing special I don't think he did what back nine and did coming into the season but I I also don't think he's that type of defenseman that he's going to be really flashy and uh show a lot I think he'll be more like one of those guys that you don't hear his name that often he's just the type of defenseman that's going to sit back and get the puck and move it up the ice. So um, I think another couple of years in the AHL won't do him harm. Like, everyone's got this expectation of if a player gets to 23 years old and he's in the AHL, oh, that's it, he's a career AHL, he's never going to make it up. Um, look at Michael Kempney for the, uh, I think he was playing in Washington. He didn't come into the league till what, around 30? I think he's 32 now, maybe. Like, guys can make the NHL later on in life. Uh, the NHL, sorry. it's. I, I just don't get the whole thing. I think we leave him down there and just let him get better, and hopefully he does that.
0: Yeah, I, I said earlier, I thought he played well the first game, and then already people were like, well, he can stay up and back in know when he comes back and go down. I think Vaknin is going to be the better defenseman, but uh, he's he's probably still needs some seasoning in the AHL. But it showed that he can play mm-hmm. up here, so that's a good thing. He didn't stink out the joint. Yeah, I think he's better than
2: Camford, but uh... <laughs> yeah, definitely.
3: I think a lot of people are better than Camford
2: at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, how bad is this wow. team missing Tori Krug? I mean. Uh, Extremely bad. <laughs> you could definitely see it on the power play. It almost seems it, it's, like.
3: It's not just the power play, though.
2: No, I know, it's I know. Like... Even even strength, yeah. you
3: know. The the guys just need to, like. I, I think what would be good is if they kind of molded a guy to be like Tory Krug in case Tory Krug goes down. I think they have those type of guys in Grizzly and Back Island, but I think they need they definitely need to get better in it it it's just hard when you've got one defenseman on the ice who's so good at moving the puck up the ice and bringing up the tempo of speed uh, and he does make the game faster and i think the bruins play better when the game is faster so it's just one of them things like you, are you going are you going to be able to like survive without him during the playoffs because if you look like this during the regular season Um, you're really going to struggle playoff time when you've got no one that can hit that breakout pass so it's a scary situation without him it's going to be even scarier next year when you don't have a guy like char if he retires as well
0: well i think carlo is going to fit that bill of that defensive defenseman and the fact that they're trying to get carlo to be while Krug is out to be that guy that can, you know, score, I'd rather Carlo just be that defensive defenseman. If Carlo could score like Krug, he's a Norris Trophy. Yeah, it's just Krug has that vision, has that first pass, has that vision to catch guys on their toes and see, you know, DeBrusse break and pass the defenseman that he can hit him and actually hit him with that pass. And that stuff we're missing. When was the last time you saw a breakaway? Yeah, think about of- it. Those are those are Tory Krug type passes. Like Grizz was getting better, but because Krug's not there, he has no one to shelter him. So yeah. now you're seeing his mistakes.
2: No, that's a good point. Good so, point. Tori Krug
0: is a lot better defenseman than everybody's giving him credit. There's a reason yeah. that the NHL Network put him so high in their defenseman ratings. There's he's a good defenseman. He's also. Fantastically gifted offensively. Uh-huh. So, him back in the lineup, I think we'll start seeing. You got to understand, like the second line not scoring that well. Well, what line does Toy Crew go out there with? The second line. So, it's just, you can't expect Dano Char and Brandon Carlo, who are shut down defensemen, to make that first pass. That's not their job. Right. And McAvoy is not there either. So, who do you have? You have no one right now to make that first pass.
3: Until someone explains how depleted this uh, defensive core is, you kind of forget. (laughs) Like, there's so many guys out.
2: Yes. You got three of your top guys, and uh, McAvoy's out, Krug's out, and even Miller's out, which they're all expected. Miller's huge. Yeah. They're all expected to come back sometime uh, around October 30th, which is just a couple days away. So, I mean... That's speculation at this point, but there there are improvements being made to, to their injuries. Uh, Tory Krug started skating on his own without the uh, the uh, non contact jersey, so I mean th- there could be signs of him coming back as as early as Tuesday against the Carolina Hurricanes, along if with it was McAvoy. Playoffs,
0: if it was the playoffs, Krug
2: would be in the lineup. Right, right. So, um, how about? I like this one. This is a good topic. Uh when you talk about youth movement and so on, how about instilling a line that involves both York and Donato? And uh should it should it happen sooner rather than later?
3: Yes, it should happen today.
2: This is your to- This is your topic, Rob. So run with it.
3: Yeah, I just Seeing them out on the ice during the Montreal game. I think they were the only two Players that managed to have that creativity, even though they were being shut down, um, they moved the puck really well. They, they just, they looked like the best two players on the ice when the first line was shut down. I, I just think they should roll with them, either as the third line wingers or even, like I said, moving around a guy like and sticking them with Krejci if he's struggling. Um, they've, they seem to have chemistry together. Uh both guys are just stupidly fast. Uh you got a guy like Bjork who can play the whole ice. Um, you got a guy like Donato who he can either be the the swing arm like that comes back, retrieves the puck and moves it up the ice when you haven't got a guy who can already pass the puck from the defensive end. I, I just think it makes too much sense, like, to not have them together on Like you need you need something like that and if you're running with that many, that much youth you've got to stick them together somewhere and it looks like the fourth line's solid, the third line's the only one with a bit of change about it um, and the second line's only missing well apparently missing one player so uh, I'd stick them together on any of those lines like hell, yeah. even move Marchand down and stick them together whoa, on the first? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, you yeah, scientists, just, calm like, down. See, I got you going though. Like that's the well, whole thing.
0: You you, you started <laughs> talking like some of those see? people on the internet. <laughs> you can you can wind them up. Moving
3: past the knack about, but as soon as you say split up Marchand <laughs> and Bergeron... Oh!
0: well, that makes no. no sense. That's like saying Wayne Gretzky and Yari Kerr shouldn't play on the same yeah. line. I'm not saying I Bergeron's Gretzky, <laughs> but when the chemistry's there, just. There's oh, a reason when they play on Team Canada, they were the number one line with Crosby.
3: Right. Yeah, they should never... I, I was only joking. They should never Hey, Boston Bruins fan, you,
0: you want to make the best line in hockey? Trade everything we got and keep Marchand and Bergeron and get Crosby.
3: <laughs> well, yeah. Jeez, can you imagine? Like, you don't even need, like, three other lines. Just keep them out on the ice. Yeah, but with with Alfer, Donato played his first gig, gig, game all year.
0: Well, yeah. We, yeah. Well, I, I I would love to see other looks, but uh, I'd love to see Bjork on that second line.
2: He's the only guy we haven't seen that look yet. Mm-hmm. That's probably going to come sooner, sooner rather than later, too. I would be surprised if you see that hey, sometime this coming week with the uh, game in Carolina yeah, or Nashville.
0: Whole, my whole thing with Bjork is Bergeron played. If you look at the comments and the interviews over the summertime, the respect that Patrice Bergeron showed towards Andre, Anders Bjork, there's something, something about this kid when you're Patrice Bergeron's just pumping his tires, any chance he had. Mm-hmm. At three separate times, I saw three separate articles, three separate interviews. He mentioned how good he was on their line. I don't know. Give the kid a chance.
2: Absolutely. Um, speaking of chances, great segue, and I'm, we're going to probably – this will be be the last discussion that we have um uh we gotta go back to talk about Yaroslav halak and and the leash that he could get i, I mean i I believe as a goaltender of the past um obviously beer league, and I don't know much about anything what I'm talking about it anyway but i i wanna see halak um more consistent i i I think this is the same scenario that tukarask had with uh, anton hudobin last season so uh, this might be the time that you start riding Halak, who's who's been playing fantastic, got good numbers, um, and two shutouts. Uh, so I'd like to see him get a little more cons- consecutive games, maybe even the next two games. And they're so they're, they are a little far apart from each other that you know you could start him and rest him, and then start him and then and then reevaluate. I know that when the beginning of the season, the coaching staff has. You know targeted areas where Rask and and, and Halak are going to play, but I think now it's time to go back to that drawing board and revise that idea and start to you know get a plan going for Halak consecutive games to kick Rask in the ass because he definitely needs it. Um, There's no doubt about it. I I understand some of the goals, you know, all on him, but you know something something's going on with his confidence and. It kind of brings me back to conditioning. Is he, is he not conditioning while well over the summer? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not with him all the time. But the last, and I know he's getting older too. But coming into the last couple of seasons, it just seems like he's really lackluster effort until he needs to be pushed. And when he's finally pushed, he's in midseason form. So thoughts?
0: I'm just gonna jump real first because I know Rob, you got a lot to talk about here. So. The whole like confidence thing and him needing to be pushed and all thing, I I, I don't even I don't even want to hear that crap anymore. It's it's to the point where I'm just sick of it. I'm real. I, I just don't get it. Hey, I just really think maybe it's time for him to go, and it's solely based on it's a lot of times it has to be a perfect perfect fit. And when sometimes when you know you're not wanted in a city. It's time for you to go. Uh, I, I'll use the example again. Roberto Luongo. He was in Vancouver. Fanbase thought he was terrible. Everybody was saying he's off his game. He went to Florida and stood on his head. It yep. has nothing to do with age. I really think Rass needs a chain of scenery because there is no conditioning or anything you can have that he can probably not walk around in public without some moron saying something extremely disrespectful that should get them punched in the face for. I don't care that you buy tickets. I don't care. I don't care if you don't like my opinion. But you need to treat these people like human beings. I understand the professional athletes and I understand the whole thing. But these people are just like you. You get paid to do your job. You want me to come and tell you how much you suck? I don't care. Some, <laughs> like He get paid $7 million a year. I don't care that he gets paid $7 million a year. He didn't ask for it. His agent did. And the organization was saying yes and they paid him that money. So if you want to get mad at anybody, get mad at the organization for paying him that kind of cash. True. Or get mad at the organization for putting him on a bridge deal. Like I've told a million people, the stupidest type of contract in the history of the NHL. It always burns the franchise. Didn't they put him, they signed him to a one-year deal, signed him to a one-year deal? Same thing they did with Krug.
2: Yeah. They
0: could have had these guys cheaper. You could have had Raskett like $4 million a year right now. But instead, they'd sign him to bridge deals because they had crazy Timmy Thomas. And they thought, oh, he's going to be fine. Steady, he was up in the bell tower with a shotgun.
2: Like, <laughs> it just, like, come on now. Even it, even if they signed him for $4 million a year, you, people would still bitch about it. Exactly. I'm at the point where
0: I think the best thing for Tukarask is to not be playing in Boston. Playing him, oh, I'm good. And there. I think Halak, Halak has played well enough. I This this season reminds me a lot of the, the Reggie Lemelin and uh, Andy Moe Why don't you just play them every other game?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember that. But right now my my thing would be I'd play halak for three rask for one Halak for three rask for one I like it, but i i am saying trade trade rask, which is easier said than done, but it's just to the point where he needs to change scenery he needs to low on go this situation and go play somewhere else where uh go to go to go to a go to a place like Carolina he would light it up there they need a
2: goalie, yeah they do. Rob, you ready? Yeah,
3: I just took a sip of my coffee to get ready. Um, (laughs) Yeah, uh, what I said, I think it was like two, three episodes ago on one of the podcasts, um, said that we haven't got a 1A and a 1B thing. Now we've got a 1A, 1B. Like, the way that both guys have played. I mean, Halak's not been the greatest goaltender in the world, but the last... What, two games that he's played, three games? He's no doubt been the better goalie. And I think now you, you have to run with him. Um, I think you just got to play the hot hand. We've said this before. Like, if someone's on fire, you put them out there as much as you can. Um, the whole trade Tuca thing, if you got the right thing for him, sure. Like, if for some reason Columbus, a, a team like Columbus, and a player like Panarin came available, and you had a guy like Tukarask and Halak still plays like he does, I'd sure take that. But it, it's got to be a hockey trade. If if that trade happens, it has to be a hockey trade. You have to add scoring. You have to add probably a young goaltender as a backup that has a bit of a potential about him. You can't just. Like, trade a guy like Rask away and expect Halak to play the next, what, five years until someone's ready? It's yeah. not often that, like, big name goaltenders come available in free agency, so you're not adding one there. You're either adding one through your system or you're adding one by trade. Uh, I think the Bruins did an amazing job in getting to Karas for absolutely nothing. Uh, but that's the thing. You have to also make Toronto look absolutely ridiculous right now because if you trade him you've got to get a massive hold back and you're not going to do that while he's playing bad but the thing is do you now play Halak more Rask as a backup until he gets back on his feet until he gets back to winning ways and then trade him or does that make players not want to be in Boston if that's going to be the way it, it just... happens at Toronto
2: happens oh yeah in
0: Toronto. it oh, was yeah. Look at this summer when they interviewed Drew Doughty. He's like, ah, no, I'll never come there. Stephen Stamkos flirted with Toronto and then realized, no, I'm never coming there. John Tavares is going to learn. Has a bad game. They're going to dump. Now that Austin Matthews is injured, just watch. Sometimes, I don't care. What did Jack Edwards say? I'll say it over and over again. What did Jack Edwards say last year they're in the playoffs when he got interviewed by Hockey Night in Canada? Boston is the most spoiled fan base there is.
2: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: And they treat it like their shit don't stink. And guess what? Your shit stinks, okay? The team, they're not always going to be the best. When Tom Brady's gone, the Patriots are going to suck. There, I said it. Yeah. You know what? I, it is what it is, man.
3: That's, like, that's true. You've got three teams at the moment that all can be called like well, dynasty-type teams. Celtics.
0: So they they have. All four, team, yeah. Yeah, an embarrassment of riches. And... The amount of times we see people, oh, I, I'm owed this. I pay their salaries, blah, 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 Jesus. Yeah. That's just like the old thing, like you pay the cops. You don't say that to a cop. <laughs> cops do so much for everybody. So what do you pay their salary? They put their lives on the line all the time. I'm not comparing hockey players to cops. Just using an example. You're paying people salaries. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes,
3: remember that these people are human. Yeah, and people keep us on the air and we also don't agree with all of you, but still <laughs> many people don't agree
0: with me. I know a writer right now, if he was listening and he listens every week, he's going to, I know he's not pro player and I know I am. And that's yeah. just based on experience for myself growing yeah, but, up and seeing what jackasses yeah. do to a family. Yeah. That's oh, all
3: I'm going to say. Like, it is what it is. If you're like how I don't get how people can say I am, a Boston Bruins fan if you're not a fan of every player on that team. You can but they can say you, they have a
0: bad game. We're saying Tuka had a bad game last night. Oh yeah. yeah. Sorry, he had a bad period.
3: It's really Yeah but at the same minutes. time you you don't be a fan of a sports team and then say, oh you know like this guy and this guy and this guy suck. Like that's your own team.
0: Like, I would love to see those guys actually meet Tuka. Watch how much they're like Cupping his ball sack and saying how much they love him.
3: <laughs> yeah, I bet I bet half of the people like half of the people that have ever met him have asked for his autograph, even though they've hated him. Like, I mean, out of the people that actually hate him.
0: Well, uh, look at Marshan last year. He was trying the whole social media thing, and same with Zdena Chara. Chara's social media was awesome last week last year. Did you notice that none of them are doing it again this year? Right, because yeah. the fan base is. I shouldn't say the sum of the fan base. That shit crazy. Are morons. They ruin it for people. Like, what Carolina is doing is the most amazing thing. It makes me want to watch a Carolina Hurricanes game. Like, do you guys see what they're doing? They're involving the fans and everything. That little thing they do after the end of the game. Like, Dougie Hamilton looked like a human being and not a robot. Oh, yeah. Come on. that That's exciting to me, and that's what the NHL should be like. It was like that in the 90s. Do you remember how exciting watching hockey was in the 90s?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now it's like, I don't know. If you like
3: that, back. though, you should watch some European hockey, because that is exactly what European hockey is like. Have you ever seen the gold t- tender dances at the end of the games? Like, yep.
0: Kike Suban is good for the game. This oh, yeah. is good for the, the game, but the guys are having fun out there. They're going to play better.
3: Yeah, they need. This is what they need more of. They need like guys that are having fun. I mean, you've seen it when the Bruins, even when they do the uh, the haircut thing, like they have fun with it. When they go to the uh, when they go to see the kids in the hospitals, they have fun with it. But I think you only see it when they're doing something for the community. You don't see it during the games as much. Like I really liked. Someone put a video up on uh, on Facebook, and it was. Jake the brusque during one of the pregames last week and he's like singing and like screaming stuff on the ice, having fun, like interacting with people and you just don't see it enough. Like I, I wish it was one of them things that the, um, they like zeroed in more on when they, they show again, like the broadcasters should like zoom in on the bench and record these things. It'd be so much more entertaining, I
0: don't know. It just looked like last night from the puck drop, they weren't having fun out there, and when yeah. last year, when you remember they were on a roll um, if you watched behind the beer or anything, these guys were having fun. But then you have a guy like Char who was trying to get back with the community, does all these things, posts these great things on Instagram. If you read some of the comments, it's like these people are garbage.
2: yeah They're oh go
3: and things. go and check out to uh, uh, Tory Krug's Twitter just go in the, like, mentions of any of his Twitter posts, and it's people being like, oh, I can't believe you're injured again, blah, 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 blah. Oh, <laughs> like, my
2: God, that's it, terrible.
3: The guy's trying to, like, get back on the ice to play hockey for a team that you love, and you're turning around and going, ah, you made a glass, you smash every time you get off the bench. Like, he, he, like, it's like people who, like, I get we've done it a couple of times where you call McQuaid glass. Yeah, and like everything like that, the guy can't help breaking his leg, blocking a shot. Like in, like none of the players ever hurt themselves doing something that they're not meant to
2: do. He's like out again, by the way. Yeah, he's out.
3: I, I don't understand people that are like, oh, this guy's injured in more than anything. <laughs> blah 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 blah. Like, it just the guys are playing. A really stupidly physical game that takes years off the life for our entertainment and their own bank balance, but mainly for our entertainment. <laughs> and a lot of people dump on them really, really badly. And they yeah,
0: like stop. Char last in the summertime posted a thing about his kids. And some of the people's comments is just like, these people shouldn't even be allowed to breathe. You,
2: you're just, oh, it's disgusting. Well, You know who we don't want to end Stop Breathing is our faithful uh, Patreon contributors. Um, We are back with a uh, Listener Rewards Program um, winner this week. And uh, it comes from our friend down in Alabama, and faithful Black and Gold Pod listener and uh, website content reader, Hollis Jackson. Hollis, congratulations on you winning a t-shirt from Fanatics. So keep up the uh, good work on the Patreon, guys. You guys are doing a fantastic job. And if you guys, if anybody listening out there wants to get more involved, please go to Patreon.com/slash Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and just donate a dollar to uh, help cut the cost of our uh, cut the operating costs. And um, yeah, we would certainly appreciate that. Uh, another great show this week, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, we will have uh, Josh Miss back uh, in the second hour, so stay tuned for that as we break down the uh, prospect uh, updates for the week and uh, what's going on in the AHL and how the Providence Bruins are are doing or, or not doing. So, um, thank you both, uh, Court and Rob, for another exciting week. And we'll talk to you uh, this week and uh, and get back to the listeners uh, next weekend. Thank you very much, everybody. Take care. Passion,
0: talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players
3: graduate at a 90% rate. Nick can Backhand
2: scores!
0: Wow, what a goal. David
3: Backus scores! Zach Parisi
0: were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow
2: at college hockey. Champions of the college hockey world. Puck gets under the skate of Nikki Petty, and Jack short shorthanded breakaway scores. Tucks it in underneath Cole CC and it's a 1 0 Oshawa lead. Now McLeod mishandles and Donato tries to make a play. Here's Donato, In deep, Ryan Donato curls and scores.
0: A highlight reel goal for Ryan Donato. Goes to his left. In front, and that's Fred Frederick on the one-time redirect.
1: Frederick with his fourth and team USA now up eight to two.
2: Hey Bruins fans, uh, we are back once again uh, for the uh, weekly prospect update. And joining me, as always, is uh, Josh Bemis. He's the writer at. Um, you can follow him at Two Causeway on Twitter, and you can also read his stuff uh, shipping up to causeway.com. com. Josh, how's it going, buddy? Hey, good. How are you, Mark? It's been an
1: interesting weekend, and uh, I mean, you could probably hear it in my voice a little bit, but. It's a lot of positives and negatives that we got to talk about the uh, Pro- the Providence Bruins and also some of the other prospects are looking real good this year.
2: Yes, absolutely. It's been a uh, very busy week. Yeah, and let's get started with, uh, the, technically, there's one game last week, which was last night, and we're recording on uh, October 28th, so the, the only game technically in the week schedule was uh, Saturday uh, against the S- Springfield Thunderbirds, but... We're going to add another one in because my boy Josh Bemis here is going on his honeymoon and he's he's going down to Tennessee. Uh, yes, sir.
1: Nashville, Tennessee, and I can't wait.
2: What are you going to do down there? Are you going to watch any hockey? or?
1: Yes, actually. Um, Bruins are playing in Nashville on the third, and um, there was a very nice Nashville fan down south who uh, gladly gave us his tickets and told us to have a good time. So. Nice. Yep. That's yeah, pretty that'll... badass. It's nice. Uh, the The blog travels far. It's interesting to see. Yeah, it really was. I was. uh, I. I I don't want to mention the person's name so that people don't like start harassing him for free tickets. But um, if you're listening out there, sir, thank you so much. My wife and I really appreciate it. That's very good. We hope you both have a great time. Definitely. Yeah, and I will be taking this week off from the blog. uh, I have a couple of people who are doing some writing for me who will be keeping up with uh, the P. Bruins, and a couple of people who will be keeping up with the NCAA. So we're still going to get some writing done, but I will be hands off the blog as of Thursday and not returning until the following Thursday. So unfortunately, we won't be podcasting next week. And. Um, I can't wait to get back to it the following week, not gonna yeah. lie,
2: yeah, unless I find somebody to help me out that's that's knowledgeable with everything that we cover we're sure, probably, yeah, yeah we're yeah, probably yeah. just gonna not not have a prospect update and who knows i' it's, it's gonna be a long week, regardless, but um <laughs> I'll try to find somebody if not, we're probably just gonna plan on not not having one so. Let's start with uh, last night's game. Uh, the Springfield Falcons, they, they played ho- host to the uh, Providence Bruins at the Mass Mutual Center in Springfield, Massachusetts, and they lost 4-2. to two. Um, This up-and-down roller coaster season for the Providence Bruins is, is starting to get annoying on my end. Uh, it's just I, I want them to get – I keep saying this, but consistency, consistency, consistency. They're not getting It just doesn't seem like the message is being relayed. Or, I don't know what's going on. But, let's talk about the game and the Providence goals. Uh, There was no Providence goals in the first period. Uh, The second period, uh, Providence, uh, Martin Bakos gets his first of the year from Colby Cave and Anton Bleed. um, And that was it for the third period. Second period, I mean. uh, The third period, Providence. Jan Kovash scores his second from Solarik and Golubov. That's a power play at 332 of the third period. And that was it for the scoring. Uh, shots on goal, 28 for Providence, 21 for Springfield. Uh, the Providence Bruins have one, th- 1 for 3 in the power play. McIntyre takes the loss. He is 2-3-0, stopping 17 of 20 shots. So, not a very good game at all. Um... Nothing to be excited about. Just gotta gotta get gotta get. You gotta find it. You gotta dig down deep. These these kids have way too much talent on paper to be this awful this early in the season. And I know that they don't. They generally get woken up right around the December area and they start to play for that playoff spot. But you know this. This team shouldn't be like this. I don't know yeah, what the de- problem is. Definitely, I think last night
1: it was a winnable game, but there was two things working against them. The one that I, the thing that I saw was, it really seemed like the goalie Sam Montembeau for uh, the Thunderbirds. He was on his game last night. I got the chance to talk to him after the game, and he was really feeling it and in in the crease. So. I think they just ran into a hot uh, goaltender, and then that generated what Mark Diver picked up on—that it just seemed like everybody was gripping their sticks by the uh, by the end of the the end of the game when they really needed that tying goal. And I mean, you kind of saw it. The uh, Providence called the timeout in the offensive zone. Within seconds, uh, Springfield had already gotten it out of the Providence zone and scored the empty net goal. So, I think it was a combination of they just didn't know how to solve the hot goaltender and on top of that they had their own they were fighting themselves basically by the end of it
2: yeah yeah it's just one one of those games that they just they just gotta get get back yeah but uh moving on to today's game which we're gonna do uh because of your absence next week this was my favorite game of the year this was definitely the best effort i've Seen so far from these guys, and and it was it's just like night and day from, oh, yeah. from last night's game to this today's effort. Whether Jay Leach and Trent Williams were in the in in the locker room or all week during practice or or this morning during practice, whatever. What it, it laid into him, just said, listen, we got to be played better. Well, the message was received if that was the case because the uh, the Providence Bruins were at the Dunkin' Donuts Center today and beat the piss out of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers six, <laughs> six to one. Let's get started with all the scoring because there's a lot of Providence goals and 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 some really really good um achievements uh in in this game, too. Absolutely. So, so first period uh. Providence, Zach Sennishin scores his third from uh, Cameron Hughes and uh, Cody Gouliboff. Uh That was a power play goal at the 140 mark of the first period. Uh, the second goal of the first period from Trent Frederick, his fourth from Anton Bleed and Emil Johansson. Good to see him back. Uh, he got, uh, I think he took a shot somewhere and 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 passed out on ice, uh, reports yeah. from Mark Diver last weekend. Yep and that goal was at 1501 of the first period so that was it for that going to the second period cameron hughes scores his second uh of the year from uh kovash at 339 uh, providence back at it again cameron hughes scores his third of the season from austin Fightin and colby cave also another hot player we'll talk about that soon and obviously in the second period cameron hughes once again nails the hat trick um on a penalty shot that i forgot about that at the 1243 yep. mark goes skates right in and just just um, basically finds a hole i i, I want to say it was five hole and just like just nailed it so good for him and the hat trick that's really cool and, uh, and in the uh, the second period, Zach Senishin scores his fourth from Colby Cave at 19 minutes of the second period. Uh, third period was no scoring. So, um, yeah. Let's really just
1: break this down because there was a lot of good things that happened in this game, starting with, honestly, the first goal because Zach Senishin scores right off the rush. He just runs right in and tucks it by uh, Gibson and then – I honestly thought it was going to get waved off for goaltender interference because the, then everybody came in like bowling pins and just knocked everybody over. Chris Gibson got knocked into the net. It was it was kind of funny watching everybody just tumble all over the place. But you saw it on the replay. He just tucks it right by his uh, – hold on, left, right, left pad because <laughs> I'm trying to think of shooter's position <laughs> on the goalie. So, yeah, it was beautifully tucked it right by the pad, slid right in, and then everybody came in. Like a wrecking ball So it was And it was perfect Because it was on the power play too Because Providence's power play Has been a bit anemic This season So it was good to see That unit kind of click And really take advantage Of the uh, Bridgeport Penalty kill Which If I'm not mistaken Really isn't all that hot No, not at all
2: um, The uh, Bridgeport Shots on goal Were uh, 38 For Providence And 29 For Bridgeport And um, As you said The the Providence Bruins uh, 1 for 3 On the power play um and, and Dan Bladar gets his first win of the season, which I'm very proud of. Um, he's been struggling along with the team in front of him, uh, but nothing to overly worry about. He stops 28 of 29 shots. Um, and there were 7,988 folks at the Dunkin' Donuts Center, which I believe that is completely false. Because I don't know, maybe it's because are are people higher in the stands? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and uh, you and from the cameras
1: that you're that you're looking at, Mark, because we've both seen the the dunk from AHL TV. Yeah, uh, there's a whole like three or four sections that you can't actually see because of the scoreboard, and that includes a majority of the crowd. A lot of them sit on the players' bench side, and not so much the um, the. Uh, What's that side? The uh, penalty boxes side. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. There's like, there's, there's a good chunk of people that you don't see there. So yeah, it looked like there was a much bigger crowd than there has been in past days.
2: Well, that's good because they got a, they got a really good show. Um yeah. And hats off to Colby Cave, who is starting, he, he, this is his eighth game of the season and he's on a seven game point streak. Uh, He's got five goals, five assists with 10 points in eight games. So um. Yep. Yeah, kudos to that guy. Really, really making a statement for for a call up um, to the to the NHL Bruins club. Um, yeah, maybe sometime this season, um, or or not. Hopefully, he gets some kind of uh, another chance because um, he's got something to offer. I believe, and I think this is the last year of his one year deal. Something like that. Yeah,
1: I think there was like a two year two or three year deal that he signed. But yeah, this is the last I don't time. have I don't have
2: Cap Friendly up like I normally do, but <laughs> Yep. Yep. Um, so and uh, good to see Zach Seneschin getting two today. And, yeah, definitely. and uh, and obviously Cameron Hughes um, with the hat trick. And, oh that was sweet. And he has so he had three goals and one assist today, so a four point day. Yeah, all he is, did was the fight for the Gordy Howe. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And it was nice to see him score in several different ways, and it was nice to see the the team score in several different ways. Because with Frederick's goal, he scored on a beautiful short snide snipe because he was right in the um the in the right face off circle. Yeah, exactly. And he's coming in as a left shot on the right side and snipes it.
2: Yeah, I saw and that. It looked like he was yeah. just he looked like he was just throwing it on net just to get a shot, and it just it squeaked right through. Yep. Yep, it was beautiful, and then Cameron Hughes
1: scoring off that beautiful tip in
2: in front of the net. Yeah, I love that man. Just put your stick down and let it just just let it and go. Let it ride, let yep. it
1: ride. Yeah, like they did last night with um, Chilarik uh, feeding Kovar in front of the net in Springfield. Same type of setup.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so great game today. Something to definitely build off. Um, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I can almost guarantee that there's going to be three games next weekend while well, you're away two. so nope. two, only two. two what is yep, up there's... with the
1: schedule this year I know it's weird cuz usually they do 3 and 3s but yeah the um next week they have a game on Friday away against the Charlotte Checkers in south in the uh, Carolinas and then the following day they get right back at it in the same city against the Charlotte Checkers again um both of those are a 705 puck drop and available via AHL TV
2: yeah so no free plugs. <laughs> <laughs> they got to pay for that shit. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. It, AHL TV is starting to grow on me. Um, I'm starting to get more and more involved in it. So, you know, I, I, I had my bitch at the, at the beginning of the year when it was just, you know, I don't, I don't believe the quality is as good as some other, some other uh, arenas. Like, I'm sorry, but Springfield, Springfield is a dump to me. Not saying anything bad about your franchise or anything like that, but your camera angles are so much better. The picture is so much clearer, but it is what it is. I mean, what can you do for seventy nine dollars?
1: Yeah, it's better than nothing. Yeah, exactly. It's than, and
2: it's better than one hundred and fifty or whatever it was beforehand. But I want, I I so really want this team to grow off of this win. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're so supportive in front of LADAR. I think that was important that the defense tightened up, really just, you know, did what they had to do, dig down deep and grab something that hasn't been seen most of the season. I know they had probably one or two good games uh, this year, but, you know, grabbing the third win of the year, I believe, is is important, you know.
1: Vladard's first win, by
2: the way. Yeah, I knew that. I said that earlier. Oh, whoops. (laughs) It's all right. But um, yeah. So I mean, it, it, good confidence for him. Good confidence for Hughes. Great confidence for for uh, Senishin, who who people continue to hammer on about him being a bust. And you know what's funny is, well, before we get into a lot of the other prospects, it's like Jeremy Lawson was brought up to the NHL, and everybody saw the first game, his first game and they loved him. They thought he was very comfortable, very poised, and so on. And I I agree with that but these are the same freaking people that were bashing him because he's not in the NHL yet as a 2015 second round draft pick. You know, it's like this is a, a great example of why this organization needs to be patient on prospects. It's not like the 80s and 90s when you see when you have a high uh, or a high caliber prospect and you need to get him in the NHL as soon as possible. and Sometimes it's a culture shock to them, and they don't do very well and produce. And then that's when a lot of the busts come out, and so on. why did we pick this guy? Just let it ferment. It's like a good beer, man. Just let it ferment, let it be good, and then bring a player in at the appropriate time.
1: To build on your point, um, I'm sure that at one point when he was playing for us, Johnny Boychuk was probably a fan favorite and I'm I'm probably not too far off saying that that he was a fan favorite by a lot of people. Do you know how many years he spent in the minor leagues before he made it to the NHL? Yeah.
2: It's it's it's, it's those go
1: back and count those up for anybody who starts to diss prospects like oh why aren't they ready yet? Why aren't they good to go? Go look up how long it took some of your favorite players to actually crack the roster. Brad Marchand um, Patrice Bergeron's perfect, but he spent a year in the AHL because of the lockout. Yep, people go down to the AHL to learn and to grow at their own pace. Exactly. The AHL isn't where you need to win Stanley Cups, as we've harped on so many times. It's where you go to lo- learn, grow, and develop, and figure
2: out what your role in the organization is going to be. Exactly. Uh, so to wrap up the uh, the games this week. <laughs> Uh, the Providence Bruins now have uh, a record of 3-5-1 in 9 games, 7 points. They sit 7th place in the Atlantic Conference. So it, it's I know it's still early. I mean, Charlotte's up there. It, it's going to be a tough test. Yeah, Charlotte's going to either they're either... Eight, they're 8-1 eight in the season after 9 games and they're on a three-game point streak. Three-game winning streak and they're 8-1 in the last 10, so it's not going to be an easy test next next weekend. Both games are at home, so at, mm-hmm. at on the road. But on the road, yeah, yeah. definitely, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a challenge. But if they
1: can build off of this week, and if they can at least split next week, I think that'll be a win for them.
2: Because you're right, Charlotte is rolling right now. Absolutely, and let's get to the East Coast Hockey League. Um, I'm reading off of my computer screen because I ran out of ink over the weekend, so <laughs> I didn't I didn't have time to go out and get anything. So these old eyes are going to have to focus. Um, the Atlanta Gladiators of the East Coast Hockey League, the Glads played three games last week, unfortunately losing every one of them. Uh, Bruins prospect Jesse Gabriel had his only points of the week with a two-assist effort in a 4-3 loss to the Greenville Swamp Rabbits on Saturday, October 27th. Uh in five games so far for the Glads, Gabriel has two goals, two assists, four points, and uh another prospect that's uh another Bruins prospect that went down there along with him, uh Uno and um, remains pointless in this year so far. So next game for the Glads is Friday night on November second at home against the Norfolk Admirals. And I believe that that is in a home and home. So the next game after that one is Sunday. So um, going to the Ontario Hockey League, the Oshawa Generals. Jack Stenica played in three games last week, contributing points in all of them. He had one assist in a four to one win over the Peterborough Peets on Sunday, October twenty first. Two assists in a five to three win over the Hamilton Bulldogs on Friday, October twenty sixth. And rounding out the week um, with an assist and a 3 to 2 loss to the Kitchener Rangers on October 27th. Jack is currently on his longest point streak of the season uh, with numbers in six straight games and has 5 11 16 numbers thus far with the Generals, making his and ranking him at 28th in scoring the OHL. Now, since we're not going to be doing next week's show, uh, Jack got an assist, so now he's seven game. He has a seven game point streak in today's uh, match. Um, I'm not sure who it was against, but I, I saw it on Twitter. That that generals uh, update on Twitter. Yeah, generals updates. Yep. Fantastic, fantastic follow. If you guys want to hear anything about um, Stutnika or goaltending goaltender Kyle Kieser, um that that's the guy to go to. Also, Dominic. And- Dominic H- T- Tiano, yep, yeah, he, he's another fantastic OHL writer, um, and really, uh, he's kind of like a Bruins fan, but you know, gravitates to Bruins prospects in the O. Um, goaltender Kyle Keith played in two games last week, earning victories in both games. He stopped twenty eight of twenty nine in a four to one win over the Peterborough Pete's on October twenty first, and stopped twenty seven of thirty in a five to three win over the Hamilton over Hamilton. He's, Kaiser is now five two and zero with a two point four zero goals against average and a nine twenty five save percentage and is currently on a four game winning streak. And if I'm not mistaken, he got some uh, player of the week honors recently, didn't he? He did, he did. And and I really messed up on my notes uh, uh, this week uh, for the prospect, and I, I apologize to the listeners out there that that you know rely on us to to give these updates every week. We had a nor'easter to come through here yesterday, and I lost my power for a better part of the day so um I've been really scrambling all day today to get caught up and I kind of forgot on on some certain notes, but um I just wanted to get the real basics so we can we can get going but yeah he uh got goaltender of the week i believe yeah 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 the
1: i again i'm i uh i I'd only watch the um the first responders game uh, last night, but I I'd, I'd heard somewhere that he had gotten an award, and yeah, I would say goaltender of the week would, isn't far off the mark.
2: Yeah, he's been doing good. I mean, he's he's actually ranked, if I'm not mistaken, in numbers like second in the league. Yeah, that which, wouldn't
1: surprise me in the least. Yeah, so he's
2: he's doing good. Uh, it's good to see, and and watch out, Oshua might be um might be down in the in the uh, in their conference. Or the division, but watch out. These guys are a very sneaky like sleeper team. I've been hearing a lot of um prospect talk, uh, prospect people that write about them and, and are constantly on podcasts and radio saying that this team could actually be a very surprise. So like last year when they when they um they went all the way to the second round getting beat by Niagara. Uh speaking of Niagara, staying in the uh, in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, Daniel Bukash uh, played in two games last week, contributing one assist in Saturday, October 27th, shootout loss to Saginaw Spirit. In 14 games this season, Bukash has a goal, two assists, and three points, and is now and now leads the Ice Dogs in plus-minus with plus nine. Update: He is now a plus 11 and leads the team after today's beatdown of um, um, I forgot who they played, but. Yeah, so he's he's showing signs that he's doing really good things on the ice for a, a non-offensive defenseman, more of a stay-at-home type of guy, and that is huge. Plus minus might not mean crap to any of you guys out there that are listening, but it, it shows me personally that he's doing the, the right things that he's out there to do, so... Mm,
1: definitely, and uh, the beatdown was of the Flint Firebirds. Yes, the score was seven to one. They cr- that, that's a touchdown and a point after
2: touchdown, right there. <laughs> and that's why I have the best co-host ever. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's got my back. This <laughs> all day long. Exactly, <laughs> sauce <laughs> toss. <laughs> uh, the the Ice Dogs get back to. Um, on the ice tonight, October 28th against the Flint Firebirds. <laughs> and then home and home series against the Mississauga Steelheads uh, starting on Thursday night, November 1st. And I home and home against uh, Friday night, November 2nd. Yep. I messed that one up. The Ice Dogs lead the Central Division uh, with a 8-4-2 record and 17 points and are currently on a three-game winning streak. Make that four. Going to the queue, the Rimouski Oceanic, Cedric Paré, went pointless in all three of his games last week, but not but not contributing on the score sheet doesn't mean he did not play well. In 16 games this far this season, Paré has three goals, eight assists, 11 points. And uh, Will looked to snap his pointless streak with three games coming up this week. The Oceanic played today, October 28th, against the Quebec Remparts. Thursday, November 1st against St. John Sea Dogs, and rounding out the week on Saturday, November 3rd against uh, Shawinigan. The Oceanic are in sixth place in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League Eastern Conference with an 8 7 1 0 record and 17 points. Staying in the queue, our boy uh, with the Roman Naranda Huskies, Jakub Lauco played in three games last week for his Husky team, contributing an assist in Saturday. Um, sorry, Sunday, October twenty-first, four to three shootout win over Shakutami and added another helper in a six to one beatdown of Valdora Fouriers on Friday night, October twenty-sixth. Laco now has four goals, four assists, eight points in ten games played this far in the season. The Huskies are the second-best team in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League with a 12 and 0 record, which leads the Western Conference. The Huskies have four games this week, starting on Sunday. Uh, October 28th against Valdor. Wednesday, October 31st against the Quebec Remparts. Friday, November 2nd against Sherbrooke. And finishing the week on Saturday night, November 3rd against Gatineau. Jumping to the NCAA Men's Hockey Division 1, Jeremy Swayman, University of Maine. Boy, did he get pounded! Yeah, he did not have a good week. Yeah, after starting uh, the first two games of the season, 2-0, Swayman and the Black Bears team have been on a four-game winless streak, going 0-3-1. Swayman played in two games last week, dropping both games to the University of Connecticut, starting on Friday night, October 26th, giving up five goals while stopping 28 shots. On October 27th, he stopped 26, giving up two goals in a 2-2 tie to the Huskies. So far this season, Swayman is 2-3-1 with a 3.32 goals against average and a very un- uncharacteristic .893 save percentage. Uh, Jeremy and his Black Bear teammates get back to work this week with two games at Alphonse Arena in Orono, Maine against the UMass Lowell Riverhawks starting on Friday night, November 2nd, and finishing up the weekend action on Saturday night, November 3rd, against the same UMass Lowell team. Yeah, I'm, I, I really don't want to put all the blame on, on Jeremy. I watched these games. Uh, a lot had to do with uh, miscommunications in front. Um, you know, it's it's just it, it's one of those things that every goaltender and every team goes through. Uh, I still believe Maine can be a very impactful team in Hockey East, but um, to get to that level, you really need to have him on board and playing as, as well as he did uh, last season, if not better.
1: Which, yeah, I, I agree with you on the sense that it did look like he was a symptom of a larger problem with the main Black Bears. And those two games against uh, Minnesota Duluth, I don't know what was up with the team. They looked disjointed. They looked like they didn't have their timing down right everybody kind of looked off i'm almost wondering if the flight messed with them because yeah i was just about to say that yeah because i mean it's a i think it's a either one or two hour time difference between here and there so you know i i i hope that's not what it is because that's kind of a I i guess an indictment on some some of the ma- the main black bear players that they should be able to still get up for that game but yeah it's it's frustrating because jeremy's he's he's a better goalie than his numbers would suggest and i think that this is just like you said kind of a it's a blep on the radar it's not something that you really have to worry about or be all that concerned with and it's the ncaa it's a developmental league as much as you'd like to see them win championships and i know that i harp on the fact that a winning culture fosters better prospect development they're still in development they'll still be he'll rebound he'll do fine this is yeah, this is this is a speed bump. It's nothing to worry about. Don't anybody look at those numbers and immediately start freaking out and questioning Bruins brass because it feels like a lot of times people do that.
2: Oh yeah, oh, they'll hammer. They'll find a they'll find yeah. a weakness to hammer anything.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> um,
2: I also wanted to touch on uh, Cedric Paré real
1: quick, uh, dropping a little bit of knowledge, saying that. Despite him going pointless, I don't think that that's something that we have to worry about. Maybe he's not exactly being told to work on his offense right now. Maybe he's working on more of his defense and transition game, and it's just not showing up on the stat sheet for him right now as you know an assist man or a setup man. So maybe he's being told to perhaps work on other aspects of his game instead of Focusing on offense right now. I think he's trying to be developed into more of a perhaps a bottom six role, a, 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 a re like um, a utility guy, kind of a guy like a Swiss Army knife, all three zones type of player. So maybe the powers that be know that he can perhaps score and do well at that, but maybe they're developing something else in him right now. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, always good things to uh to come from, uh, when you when you develop properly. So I mean, I'm I'm not, a, I don't. It's I really don't knock players for not being offensively gifted. You know, they were they were chosen for a reason. Uh, obviously, the the scouting staff uh, know a lot more than we do. You know, we we talk into a mic. Those guys are out there doing all the work, so they see something that could potentially be. Uh, a key piece of the puzzle in the Bruins' future, and, and kudos to them for going out and doing their job. So, mm-hmm. um, gotta, Finally, finally, we get to talk about the Yale Bulldogs and, and Bruins prospect forward Curtis Hall. Uh, he got into his first action of collegiate hockey play on Friday night as the 2018-19 season opened up for Yale. Hall recorded his first career point with a helper in a 3-2 victory over Brown University. The Bulldogs play two game. Man, I messed this up. Two Bulldogs play games two and three of the season this coming weekend with a matchup on Friday, November second, against the eighth ranked Cornell Big Red, and finish this the week's action on Saturday night, November third, against Colgate. So good to see him getting his first point in his first ever collegiate game. Uh, We both expect huge things from him. this year and throughout his uh his NCAA collegiate career so absolutely and it
1: looked like he was feeling he was feeling good about himself last night if you looked at the kind of body language that he displayed throughout the game he looked like he was having a good time he was enjoying himself out there so i think he's going to make the transition from the USHL to the NCAA very seamlessly. It seems like he's going to be real built for this role, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do this year. It's going to be a good one. It's, it's going to be a fun prospect to watch, especially right. with him being another one of these prospects that are relatively in our geographic area. I mean, it's nice to have um, you know Trent Frederick and the um, Cameron Hughes who used to play at the University of Wisconsin now they're here in our backyard in Providence. So it's nice to have a lot of our prospects kind of in a tight radius so that we can keep an eye on them easy easier
2: absolutely and, and going back to curtis hall I, I i had the pleasure of uh watching several of his games when he played in the ushl with the youngstown phantoms and and i was i was blown away by his talent and and with that talent and and increased um uh structure and a better league in the uh in the ncaa I, I just think he might flourish into a really really solid prospect he's got wheels and and, and a great flow so
1: <laughs> which is surprising for
2: kind of a big body because he's huge yeah yeah he's 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 got some uh he's got some wheels for a big guy yeah um, he's got the wingspan and the wheels yeah, exactly um and 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 a new one i added. Uh, Today, actually, is the uh, Ontario Junior Hockey League Pickering Panthers. Uh, Bruins prospect defenseman Dustin McFaul uh, is having a good season since returning to his uh, his Panthers team. The Clarkson University commit for the upcoming two- 2019-20 season has uh, two goals, six assists, eight points in 17 games played so far this season. And is already on pace to smash his career high in points where he earned 19 in 38 games played in. Uh, during the 2017-18 campaign. So, good things from him. Uh he's a McFall is a is a uh, is a definitely a two-way defenseman that has mobility and and good uh hockey IQ for his age. Mm-hmm. And I think like I believe we talked about this maybe off air not too long ago, but uh, going back uh to uh, Pickering to play for the Panthers was a, a good idea before going to the NCAA. So, definitely, yeah. And um, actually, you can
1: drop a little bit of knowledge on me, Mark. Does the OJHL have a
2: streaming service available? They do, but it's it's through Hockey Tech, and that's like twenty something dollars a month. Yeah, well, it's a, it's expensive, but let me tell you, if you are able to afford that. And and folks out there, if you want to get some really good hockey all over the place, I mean, this website covers the USHL. They cover mm. they cover junior leagues in Massachusetts and New England. I mean, you can get oh yeah. Okay. I mean, you could seriously. Yep. This is a very good scouting tool. And if if you want to watch kids grow and and watch these prospects grow, this is the definitely thing to do. And they have all. Leagues like we were just talking about the OJHL, they have the BCHL out in British Columbia, they have the um the, the Alberta one. I mean, there's so much hockey to watch; it's ridiculous. And believe it or not, it's actually worth the price that of all the streams you can you can get. So I'm thinking about doing it, but I'm not telling the Courtney. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, think I'm gonna. Yeah, I think I'm gonna <laughs> stick with my uh, collegiate
1: streams <laughs> and AHL TV, and maybe a little bit of. uh the Canadian Major Juniors but um, that's a little stretch of the budget right there for that one <laughs> exactly, no kidding
2: but that's that's basically all we have uh, for for this week when it comes to prospect updates um, unless you got something else you wanted to cover um, I mean I just want to plug that tomorrow I'm
1: going to be interviewing uh, Jakob Lauko and I'm going to be taking the interview that I had in Buffalo I'm going to be taking the interview that I'm going to do tomorrow putting it in a very big article. It's going to be a good one. It's going to really kind of pick at some of how his brain's working, how he's adapting, kind of how he's functioning as, uh, you know, maybe being in the queue instead of being over with the Czech Republic. So we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive with him and um, it's going to be a good one. I invite everybody to take a look at it. It's going to be about two weeks before it drops just because of a honeymoon. And I might pick at it a little bit here and there if I'm bored, but um, it's going to be a good one. And I'm really excited to get this one out because he's such a fun guy and he's such a fun guy to watch and really to talk to. I mean, he's if you if you like people that have kind of a a personality to them and are not just, you know, answering with hockey answers like oh we gotta move our feet and get the pucks in deep he's one of those guys who really has kind of a a notch above those kind of answers he really gives you kind of a sense of what's going on in his head and he's very upfront and honest with you he does not give you the kind of rehearsed answer so he's I that's what I appreciate about him and that's what why I really wanted to kind of follow him and see how he's doing and I'm also gonna get a chance to talk to his coach so It's going to be a pretty deep dive, like I said, and we're going to talk a lot of hockey. So shameless plug for something that I'm going to write, but it's going to be pretty content heavy. And I feel like everybody's going to get a good chance to see kind of what's going on with him over in the queue. Because he had a fight recently too, so (laughs) he lost the decision to that one. But um, it was kind of funny, so I want to pick apart what was going in his head through that one because – He's not a fighter, he's a scorer, so... Yeah, total total offenseman. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's been a good week for prospects. I feel like... Um, I mean, Providence today was phenomenal. It was good to see, like I said, people score in all different kinds of ways. It was good to see the offense click from several different people. So, I feel like, you know, there's... Highs and lows, it wasn't really all of a a highlight week, but um, there's stuff to build off of for this week, so. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I I could rant and rave about today's Providence-Bruins game for a long time, but uh, I think I'll spare everybody my kind of uh, blown out voice, because I mean, the problem with with Providence-Bruins games, when they do really well, I start to lose my voice in a hurry, so
2: yeah absolutely and uh, while uh while josh and his lovely wife enjoyed their uh honeymoon in Nash- nashville uh check out their instagram account where they be i'm sure they're gonna be uploading a ton of uh photos and video uh, and where can where can you find uh that instagram account oh yeah on at uh, instagram
1: it's the same as the twitter handle it's uh at two causeway um every time that we get a chance to shoot games with um photography and um kind of video and other fun stuff that we find along the way uh we generally update it upload it to instagram as well we try to give you more of uh maybe a closer look than you would see usually maybe some things during warm-ups some things from down the tunnel if we can get down there so we we definitely try to share maybe a little bit of cut above kind of give you just i don't know the view from inside is what i like to say is that you get a A different view than you're used to maybe just something a little bit more in depth like uh during um during the skate with the players i went on twitter live and just started skating around with my camera going and it's kind of funny a lot of the players realized what i was doing and they kind of waved or gave or made faces even i I really appreciate cameron hughes giving me just the craziest face that i've seen anybody make so It was a good time, and um, it's nice because a lot of the Providence guys are starting to recognize kind of who I am. So good, they they feel yeah, they feel a little bit more relaxed about. uh, In fact, sharing a personal anecdote, I don't want to kind of toot my own horn, but last night I was waiting around in the um, just where the Providence bus was about to leave. Like I was still in the Mass Mutual Center, so this wasn't like me hanging around as a fan. But um, I figured out where the Providence Bruins were leaving, and I initially was supposed to I was hanging out for jay leach and come to find out later he had already boarded the bus but i was watching a bunch of the providence bruins go by and a lot of them i'd seen in buffalo because of the prospects challenge so as they were going by i mean all a couple of them were either giving me the you know the what's up head nod the you know like hey how you doing then you got anton blade who comes straight up to me and just fist bumps me and he's like how you doing <laughs> man it's good to see you again how you doing hey glad you came out this way you know it's good to see you and i uh, shout out to anton Bleed for that because he just made me feel like the best person in the world for that and then while i was taking pictures uh, a little sidetrack here while I was taking pictures, he actually came up to the porthole that I was shooting from. He'd put his glove over there. He'd just be silly. He'd speak to me through the porthole. <laughs> Towards the end of it, he actually put his glove through. and He's like, hey, man, thanks for being a good sport. You know, nice. having a little bit of fun. Yeah, so shout out to Anton Plead for being just kind of the – it's such a good sport. It's such a – such a great guy. Just he, he. I like that he kind of connects with me a little bit and also Trent Frederick. Let me shout out Trent Frederick because he did the same thing last night. I mean, on his way out to the Providence bus, um, he came by and he, he did almost the same thing as Anton Bleed. He gave me the fist bump. He's like, Hey, how you doing? It's good to see you. You know, thanks for coming out and seeing us, you know, thanks for following us on the road. And I was like, yeah, it was good to see you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for all the good pictures. Cause it was we got a lot of good shots from him um during warm-ups so it was really nice to see a lot of these guys kind of interacting and you know not like i said kind of being the straight hockey answering guys just showing a little bit of personality and later on that night we actually left right after the providence bus and we were on our way home from the mass mutual center of going on the mass pike and we caught up to the providence bus so we (laughs) sped right by them nice nice (laughs) So, Tales from the Road, we had a good time last night, and um, I look forward to two weeks from now, going to recharge the battery, and I'm going to come back with some more good hockey prospect talk, Um, it's going to be a good time in a couple of weeks, and I hope you find somebody to uh, fill my shoes, because I really want you to uh, continue up with this, because I feel like this is a a good weekly kind of view behind the curtain into what's going on with maybe some of the lesser known parts of uh, the NHL Bruins organization.
2: Absolutely, I, I'll I'll be on search all week to find somebody. So uh, check will... those yellow pages. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I often look for those when I need a new co-host. So sometimes, but <laughs> <laughs> um, regardless, I hope you and wife of salmon have a great, great honeymoon. Enjoy your time down there. Like I said, uh, tweet and pictures. Do the Instagram. I look forward to following, and uh, just just relax and have fun because you guys you guys right. definitely deserve it. Absolutely. Hey, it's been a great week, Mark, and I'm um, looking forward to two weeks from now already. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks
3: for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at Black and Gold 277, at Court Londe, and at Rob40 Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at Black and Gold blog at gmail.com.